guys, my first song for tonight is Only Wanna See Him Sick in Australia, Never Yield. If I need to sing, then I'll sing with the best. All the praise, Lord, you deserve it now. And I only want to sing. If I sing with everything, if I sing for you, my King. I can't imagine why. Too good and big g'day to be on church lock. We rehearsed that so, so many times, much. it was I'm meant to be a that. full, like, oh, state of origin was this week. We'll catch a footy on stage. Um, have you got it? 
We're safe. Very we're safe. Catch. Hey, if you'd like to stay standing just for a couple more seconds, we're going to jump back to Ben real soon. Uh, but my name's Riley. This is Lockie. We're just uh, two fellas that are often here every Sunday. And we're doing a giveaway. Are we? Are we getting the <laughs> Yep. Goodness me. And uh, we'll have oh. to have that. We'll have to have that back. Yeah, you need so to return yeah. that. However, you can help yourself to the lolly snakes at the bar table at the back. We also have blankies uh, just tucked away in our blue buckets just near those bar tables as well if we're getting uh, cold at any stage of the night. But a big welcome and thank you so much for coming to spend your Sunday night with us out here at Beyond. Uh, look, it's going to be a pretty special night tonight. Yeah, as always. Always, always special. Always hey, it's a church like no other. Um, we want to make sure that you feel like you belong here before you have to believe or behave like we do or like Christians do. Um, but today, if you're feeling a bit nervous about what's going on, we mm. just had a, a great song. We've got two more from Harry and the band, um, which I'm really looking forward to. And then JK, one of the communicators here, is going to jump up and share a little word with us um, before we jump back on. And we're going to catch the footy next time. We're so we're going to need that, that back, actually. Yeah, fine. So can we have that? Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. When you're ready, but it is. When it's going to be a great night. Great. It's a brand new series tonight, too, that Josh is going to be running us through. Uh, but once again, we're super excited to have you here, and thank you so much for spending your Sunday night with us. If you'd like to stay standing, we're going to jump into two more songs now. See you soon. This next song's a new one here at Beyond. It's called Man of Sorrows. You should be able to follow along quite easily there. Jesus. 
sets free. Oh, it's free indeed. Now my debt is paid. It is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the sin has no hold on me. Through the sign says free. Oh, it's free indeed. Oh, that. Be overcome. 
so much Dan please all take a seat um, if you don't know me my name is Josh and tonight uh, we're actually launching a brand new three-part series um, and it's going to turn out a little bit better than the last three-part series uh, with the origin um, and this three-part series that we're going to be doing is called plot twist and to kind of introduce uh, this series there's one important person I want you all to meet she's someone very dear to me in fact, she's probably maybe the closest person in my life, my grandma. You can call her Granny Gray because that's what she goes by, named by herself um, when she got back from a trip from Italy when I was about eight years old. She used to dye her hair yellow to co because she denied that she was going gray, went gray overseas because she was away for a while, came back, titled herself Granny Gray, and she's been going around with that name ever since. Granny Gray, closest person in my life, um, incredible person. And what I want to highlight about her story is something that happened to her when she was 19 years old. So my grandma, um, at the age of 19, her dream, her aspiration, her goal in life was to travel the world. She wanted to be an adventurer. She wanted to see things. She wanted to explore things. She wanted to go places. And so she went to a map and pinpointed the first country she was going to go to, and it just so happened to be this country beside us, New Zealand. And so she would travel from here to New Zealand and grab a job there, um, working um, in a hotel. And in this job, um, she would make some friends within uh, the hotel um, because my grandma just loved having discussions with people and is a really people person. And one night, uh, her friends were going out to this disco because discos were cool back then. And my grandma went out to this disco and met this really, really cool guy, a guy named Johnny. And this guy would change her life and her story in a way that she didn't know, but it was an incredible life change. Because in this moment at this disco, she's there, she's dancing, um, she's got her dance moves going, and then her eyes meet this guy, this guy called Johnny, and Johnny comes over, and grandma's, I don't actually want to visualize my grandma dancing with another fellow, but my grandma's in this club dancing away, this guy eventually asks for her number, they go out on a date, and all of a sudden, grandma's dream, grandma's goal of traveling the world quickly changes. And all of a sudden, she's not all that concerned with becoming an adventurer and a traveler. She's more concerned about this guy called Johnny. And eventually, she would become far more concerned with the three children that she would have. And eventually, more concerned with the five grandchildren 
that she would have. Grandma's life was changed in an incredible way through one interaction, one invitation to dinner. And everything, her whole trajectory changed. And the reason why I want to tell you this story is to really set up what this series is all about. Because this series is called Plot Twist. And something important about Plot Twist is Plot Twist leads to new stories and new adventures. And they also, Plot Twists often are presented in a form of an invitation. And the reason why we're doing this series is because you've been an extended invitation. Not an invitation to dinner with Johnny, but an invitation to something else. An invitation into a story greater than your own. Into a new adventure. Into a new future. An invitation that Jesus extended throughout his entire life. The same invitation that he's extended to every disciple, every person that he met. He extends you this invitation. An invitation to follow him. So Jesus has extended everyone including you, an invitation to follow him. And with every invitation, there comes a new story and a new ending and a new adventure if you choose to accept it. And so tonight, we're going to look at this invitation and over the course of this series, we're going to look at this story in which you've been invited into. Because your decision to accept or... um, to reject this invitation will impact the story of your life. See, an invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation to a new story and a new life. And so for Christians, this series um, is, uh, or has, like, the purpose for this series is twofold. For Christians, the purpose of this series is to give you some handles um, on the story in which God has invited you into and help you understand how to live within this story and how to live within this world. For non-Christians, if you're someone who's like on the fence, you wouldn't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, this series is also for you. This series is designed to help you get a better insight into the story in which God has invited you into. An understanding of the invitation that he's extended you. So that you can decide for yourself whether this is something you want to be a part of or not, whether this is something that you want to pursue or not, because all a Christian is, is somebody who has decided to follow Jesus. And so tonight in part one, we're going to look at your role within this story. Next week, we're going to get a little bit more detailed, and we're going to look at the story itself in which you've been invited into. And then in part three, we're going to look at how you enter into this story. But tonight in part one, tonight is really all about priming the pump of what is to come. And in part one, we're just going to look at the role in which you play in this story. Because the biggest thing that will change if you choose to enter into this greater story in which you've been invited into is your role that you play within it. Because most of us, when we think of our stories, we stand center stage. We are the star and everyone else is our kind of crowd. Everyone is in our stage, but we are the one who takes center stage, or we at least are somebody important in in our story. But if we are to enter into the story that God has invited us into, we actually need to move to the side and actually allow someone else to take center stage in our lives. And we actually take a new role. And tonight, to look at that role that we've actually been 
um, invited to take within this greater story, I want to introduce you to a guy named John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist understood his role within a gra- this greater story extremely well. John was extremely popular during uh, his time on earth. He lived about 2,000 years ago, um, around the same time Jesus would have lived. In fact, he was Jesus' cousin. And John was extremely popular because he invented baptism, hence why his name's John the Baptist. And this whole baptism experience, um, people were actually getting freed from their guilt, freed from their shame, they were their lives were being changed. And so everyone thought, wow, John is really cool. John is really important. We want to be, we want to go to John because we want our lives to be changed. And so everyone would flock from miles around to come and see and listen to John and get baptized. And this created a buzz around the surrounding cities in which John lived because the people um, who had lived in these surrounding cities, the people of Israel, had heard stories from their prophets from the last 500 years of somebody who would come to deliver them from oppression or deliver them from what they thought was Rome and because Rome had oppressed them and Rome had control over them and they thought this guy was going to be the hero, their savior, someone who was going to free them from the oppression of Rome. And so there's this buzz around John. He's got all these people following him. John was in fact so great that Jesus said this about him. Jesus said this, I tell you the truth, of all the people who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Like imagine if Jesus said that about you. Like John was just incredibly popular, incredibly great. He had this mass following. And people thought that he was the main act, that he was the savior, the hero, the Messiah that they had been waiting for. And yet John understood his role and he recognized that he wasn't actually the main character in this story but he had an important role to play and this is what john the baptist said when asked about his role within it all he says i'm baptizing you here in the river turning your old life in for a kingdom life the real action comes next i'm the warm-up act but the real action is yet to come This is what's going to happen next. The main character in this drama, the main character in this drama is yet to come. Compared to him, I'm a mere savior. There's a main character and it isn't me. He's yet to come. And compared to him, I'm a mere savior. And this main character would become very apparent in the next chapter of Matthew's Um, book which he um, wrote about documenting this story and this main character is Jesus and John would point towards Jesus and go that's the guy he's the one I've been telling you all about he's the main character and compared to him I'm a mere savior because while I'm baptizing he's going to do something far greater here's what he's going to do he will ignite the kingdom life within you fire within you, the Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. John goes, look, I might be doing something incredible, but this guy's going to do something far more incredible than you're doing. He's going to change you from the inside out. He's going to 
work of transformation is going to transform your mind, your heart, and your actions in such a way that your life is radically changed for the better. He's going to set up a new story, a new adventure for you to go on, a new ending for your life, a new ending that does not end in death, but ends in something far greater, something that we will explore next week in part two, but I don't want to spoil it for you. But this week, I just want to look at what's the role, and the role is mere staging. That's what John sees himself as. Even though he's so popular, so great, he sees himself as a mere stager. Why is that the case? It's so counter to everything that culture tells us. Culture tells us that we're the stars, that we're the mainstays, that we're the, the big shows. And that's not just our culture. That was what John's culture told him. They told him that he was the savior, the hero. Yet John understood his um, role that he had to play in this story. So why did he see himself as a mere stager? It's just an incredible question to ask. And I really want to give you an insight into why he had this perspective of himself. And this perspective of himself was not a terrible perspective to have. In fact, it fills him with a lot of self-confidence and self-worth. This was not a self-degrading view of himself. But it was just a perspective that he had. And it's the same perspective that a guy who lived a thousand years before John had, a guy who was incredibly um, strong and incredibly mighty. In fact, he is known as the most famous king of the nation of Israel. He ruled during the golden age of Israel. During the 40 years that he reigned, Israel was the most prosperous it's ever been, um, the strongest it's ever been. This guy was the, uh, went by the name of David, King David. Um, you might know him if you've ever heard of the story of David and Goliath. That's that David. He was just incredibly um, powerful, incredibly wise. And David also saw himself as a mere stage hand for God. He saw himself as that, and he gives us an insight as to why. Uh, David wrote like a heap of poems. Uh, he was quite the poet as well as a wise guy. And um, he wrote like over like 140, 150 of them, and they're all compiled together within one book of the Bible called the Book of Psalms. Um, and so we have all the access to all these poems. And within these poems, uh, David reflects on his own life. And within one of his reflections, he gives us an insight into why he views himself as a mere stagehand compared to God. And he gives us this. He says, I look up at the macro skies, dark and enormous, your handmade sky jewelry, moon and stars mounted in their feathers. David goes, I look up at it all. I look up at the stars. I look up at the galaxies. I look up at the planets. I look up to the moon. And I'm just in awe. I look up at it all. And then this is what he does. Then I look to my micro self and wonder, why do you bother with us? Why do you take a second look our way? Why do you bother with us? When I look out at all of creation and I look to my 1.8 meters tall person, why do you bother about me? The universe is so expansive and yet you care for me. The universe is so beautiful, so amazing, and yet you care for me. Why is that the case? 
looking out on creation, trying to fill David with two things. It filled him with an abiding sense of humility and a deep understanding of God's ways. I think so, like so often we miss just how incredibly enormous our universe is. Like, so just to give you a bit of perspective on just how uh, grand and how amazing and how big our universe is, the distance between Earth and the Sun is 149.3 kilometers um, or 149.3 million kilometers. Sorry, it's a lot of numbers. 149.3 million kilometers. Now, if we were to imagine that that distance was just one sheet of paper, the distance between here and the closest star, would we would have a stack of paper 21 meters tall. The distance from our one end of the Milky Way galaxy to the other, we would have a stack of paper a hun- or 498 kilometers tall. That's how um, big our universe is, and that's only on our galaxy is, and our galaxy is a speck within the universe in which we live. And David looks up at it all and goes, and looks back at himself and goes, I'm so small in comparison to it all. And God created it all. And if God created it all, who's the main character? Me? Or the one who created me and created the time and space in which I live in? Who's who's, who's assisting? The all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful God or me? Who's who's assisting? Who's who's a stage manager? Who's the main character? And David goes, it ain't me. When he looks up at it all, he recognizes. It fills him with this abiding sense of humility. And he knows his role. And yet, so often, most of us, and Christians uh, are particularly guilty for this, me included, we view God as our assistant, our stagehand. We get up on stage and we pray to God, oh God, would you bless me? Would you help me with what I'm going to do? And then you go back off, um, off to the side and I'll just kind of reign the glory. God kind of is our person. He comes out on stage to set the scene for us and we only go to God when we need him and then he goes back off stage until we need him again. But David viewed, hey, hey, he's the main character. He's not just uh, lives off side stage and then comes on stage when you need him. He's the main character. It had filled him with this abiding sense of humility. He understood his role, but it also filled him with this deep understanding of God's love because he recognized while it is so enormous, while God is so great, while this universe is so great, and yet while I'm so small, God cares for me. God cares about how I'm feeling about the struggles that I face every day. God is here for me, no matter what. He recognized that while God is so great, God cared for him. It filled him with this deep understanding of God's love for him. And it not only filled him with this deep understanding of God's love for him, but it also filled John with this deep understanding of God's love for him because he would see God become human and step into the world that he created so that he could die on a cross for you and I 
to set you and I free, to write a new story, a new, um, so that we, you and I could experience new life. A new life and a new story we'll explore next week. But between now and then, I want you to do one thing. Next week, we'll look at the story in more depth. There's only one thing I want you to do. And this week, I actually want you to go stargazing. I want you at some point tonight or, or during this week to go out into your backyard and look up at the stars for like 10, 15 minutes um, and do what David did. Observe creation. Observe the stars. Observe the moon. And while you're doing that, I want you to ask yourself and reflect on this one question. What role is God currently playing in my life? Is he off stage? Is he the main character? Is he my assistant? Is he in the crowd, kind of just there to cheer me on when I do well? Where, what role is he playing in your life? Reflect on that one thing. Some of you might say, God's not in my life at all. He doesn't play a role at all. And you're right. He might not play a role. But he is in the story. He's just outside the theater, knocking on the door, inviting you in to a greater story than your own. Because he has extended to everyone an invitation, an invitation to a new story, a new story that's far greater, a new life that is far richer. And if you should choose to change roles and to move off center stage and to embrace embrace the role and embrace God and allow Him to take center stage in your life, you will experience a new life and a new story, a new story that is far richer and far more fulfilling. So next week, come back and find out what that um, story is all about. This week, reflect on this one question. What role is God currently playing in your life? Is he the main character? Is he someone in the audience? Is he off stage? Is he outside the theater? Why don't you let me pray for you, and then um, the band's going to sing us one more song. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Thank you that you stepped into this story. Thank you for this universe that you have created and how amazing and beautiful it is. Would you help us, God, uh, to put things in perspective, to see ourselves in perspective? We pray all these things in your name. Break before, move by the sound of his voice. Seize it up, shake him instead, and become the broken of my God.
good. Thank you so much, Ben. Hey, please feel free to grab a seat. That actually wraps up our Sunday night out here uh, at Beyond. And look, it's, it's been a cracker. It's been a big week, in a fact. M- a massive week all around. There's been a lot on. State of Origin on Wednesday. Yeah, huge up. Watch twist there. <laughs> oh, was it ever? It was actually incredibly disappointing. You were uh, there, were you? Fan. I was um, there, yeah. Um, yeah. It all happened very quickly. It was very loud. Yes. I think you were one of like probably the 10 Queensland supporters there. Yeah. Quite sad. Yeah, yeah. Surrounded yeah, by blues. It was massive. That's right. But more, it was. There's more in the week, right? There's heaps. Oh, yeah. It's a big sports night tonight as well. Djokovic and Federer in the Wimbledon final. Is that final. the final? This is the final the tonight. Yeah, yeah, Wimbledon's final was last night, so it's a big game there too. Uh, but there's even something bigger coming up Are you in sure? the next couple of Is there of something bigger than that? Oh, I would say it's 149.3 billion million times bigger than that, Lockie. Whoa. And it's happening on August 3rd. I think you know what it is. Go beyond. Go beyond. Oh, right. there you go. Go no. beyond. Go beyond. Sorry. I thought, did you only say 149 million? 149 million. Oh, no, it's, it's bigger than that. Sorry, I thought you were talking about something smaller. Oh, Go beyond. Yeah, it's going to be a massive August 3rd. It's happening on a Saturday in yeah. the morning. Uh, can you run us through what Go Beyond kind of Definitely. looks like hey, while we're we talking about it? Definitely, we believe that church happens outside of the four walls of this building. And we want to go and serve our community. We want to go beyond this place and into people's backyards. Uh, we're going to be cooking people. We're going to help mm, Getting people. meals done. Getting meals, that's it. So we want to really help our community. So again, August 3rd. And it's as easy as getting on your phone. I'm going to register. For you're going to do it right now. I'm going to register Well, myself. while you're doing that, let me give you more of a spill because it is going to be massive. We're hoping to get a backyard blitz team together, a squad that can jump out into people's backyards, help with hedging, trimming, washing cars, doing lawnmower stuff, all the rest, but also keen to assemble a cooking team as well that can prepare some meals for some families and people in the local area as well. So it's all happening August 3rd, once again, that Saturday morning. Lockie, have you registered and, uh, yet? Well, I'm registering now. How good is beyond dot? Beyondchurch.com.au. Beyondchurch.com, it's okay. And um, it's, how good's autofill? You can just, it just puts in your details for you. And then it says, the equipment I can supply, I don't have anything, but if you're Riley or Harry, you can just write big rig or something like yeah, that. Yeah, great. And then it says, know someone who needs a helping hand. Well, I'm going to say any Queensland supporter right <laughs> now, they need, they're, they're in a bit of trouble. And prayer. Prayer would be great. Prayer yeah. would be great for them. Um, but seriously, genuinely, if you have someone who needs a helping hand in your neighbourhood, Someone you know, uh, don't have to be in Brisbane. They don't have to go to Beyond. Please, uh, we want to help everyone.